Welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we talk about short video games, the kind of games that you can probably pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend, as we like to say. Uh, I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and uh, I am joined this week by a all-star team of just this one guy. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. It's It's been a while since we've done one uh, a duo. I, I think we did Thomas Was Alone. It was just you and I. Has it been that long since we just had a show with the two of us and got rid of that dork, my brother? Yeah, that jerk Shane. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I can't remember. I mean, maybe, but I can't remember another one. It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So much more room to talk. Yeah. yeah. It'll make the editing a lot easier. <laughs> the squeaky chair. We should we should take this opportunity to say as many bad things about him as we can. Well, fortunately, I take every opportunity I can to uh, say as many bad things about him as I can. And this will just be another one of those. Perfect. But yeah, uh, pretty fun game. Yeah, pretty fun game. So this week we are talking about uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger. Uh, which is a game that I hadn't really ever considered playing. Um, it was something that I'd seen it on Steam sales a zillion times because it comes up for practically no money all the time. Um, but I'd never bought it until we had an episode uh, of quite a while back with David Heineman on, and he recommended it, um, which I thought was odd because it it wasn't the sort of game that I expected to get a recommendation for. Um, but it is indeed a short game, and so I picked it up in a Steam sale, and here we are. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a game that, even more so, I don't think I'd even ever recognize. You know, there's so many games on Steam sales that I just cycle through it, and pro- I don't I don't feel like I'd ever really heard about this until, uh, you know, I w- that episode with Dr. David Heineman. And once he brought it up, and once we started talking about it, it's one that I've been really excited to play. Uh, and I'm glad that we finally got an opportunity to. I have not played a whole lot of first-person shooters for a while now. I, you know, if you've been listening, I have been playing some Destiny, but this is a very different type of first-person shooter than a game like that. Yeah, and actually, this is the first, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first first-person shooter we've featured on our show. Yeah, I mean, technically, Portal? Oh, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> true, Yeah. Well, but but that's more that, of a puzzle game and there's not there's a there's a shooting aspect to it but you're not yeah. you're not shooting man dead. No, I don't think at any moment or any point when anyone really described Portal as a first person shooter, but it technically has the same gameplay elements. You have a gun pointed out that you press a button to fire, but you don't it's not a shooting man shooting man game. Yeah. You're not there to And we've we've covered other first person games, but uh things like the Stanley Parable, but of course no shooting and uh no like cover mechanics and uh you know uh, ammo and health packs and all the other bullshit that comes with uh, shooters. Frankly, we haven't done many straight up like action games, you know. I guess we are forgetting about Tomb Raider. Now that wasn't first that wasn't first person shooter, but that was a that was a definitely a combat based action game. But we haven't done a lot of those. And I mean, it, it, a lot of that is because of the market and the games that come out don't often fit within what we're trying to accomplish with this podcast. Mm-hmm. And the first person shooter genre is a behemoth in video games. And I mean, it wasn't always that way, uh, but since the 90s, since the late 90s, the first person shooter genre has been kind of the king of a certain it's been sort of the king of mainstream video games. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, 
I would say the two most popular genres in, in games. If you just looked at it from a top-down view and no personal bias would be shooters, first-person shooters, and sports games. Mm-hmm. You know, the Madden series, the NBA series, those games sell more than virtually any other game alongside Call of Duty and Battlefield and things like that. And part of that is because they can release a new one every single year. And some other games have kind of tried to take that market style with like Assassin's Creed trying to do that stuff. But they just can churn these games out mm-hmm. like crazy. Yeah. And people eat them up. It's also like the perfect Christmas present gift. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like grandma knows that her grandson loves to play video games and the new Madden game came out and that game comes out every year and he always wants it. So I'll get him the Madden game or Call of Duty for Modern Warfare 3 is yeah. out and they want to get it. And I'm not even knocking those games. I've really enjoyed some sports games and I really enjoy the Battlefield series, but they don't often fall within our realm. Yeah, even if some of them have short-ish campaigns. But I think what we mainly focus on on our show are games that do something different, games that um, tell a story in a unique way or that do something else that's kind of unique and interesting. And um, the FPS genre grew to this huge behemoth, you know, in the dead center of the gaming industry because initially there were some games in the genre that did really innovative, interesting things, things that we take for granted today. Like you look at uh, at the first Half-Life game, which was, you know, a huge game in its day, you know, an absolute blockbuster um, for PC and uh, a few other platforms, I think. But um, it it told a really unique story with the player at the center. It never paused to take you out of your first person role in order to tell the story. It didn't tell it in in a uh, uh, you know a cut scene. You lived through the story while you were walking down a series of linear hallways, shooting at things. It was finding ways to tell you a, a unique story, and that core idea man with gun walking down hallway shooting at things and being told a story while he while he does so um has become the core of a huge amount of gaming today um so it's we can look at that and say ah you know these call of duties these battlefields they're not doing anything original and it's true but they're part of a heritage of really interesting first person narrative shooty man games um and I think that there are still ways to do fun stuff in that corridor shooter paradigm. And that's why I guess we're playing Gunslinger. Yeah, Gunslinger, definitely. And there's been some other games. Uh, you actually brought this one up when we were talking about this game, and I have not played it myself, but Bioshock mm-hmm. falls in there. That's a game that somehow I've just missed. All the Bioshock games are mm-hmm. pretty decent, yeah. and I think it's that, very strange that you haven't played Bioshock. Yeah, and that's mostly because when Bioshock 1 and 2 were were coming out uh as we discussed in our long game episode i was i was knee deep in some mmos so i was (laughs) i was not really playing many uh new games and i didn't have a console for quite some time didn't you have an xbox 360 though uh one of my roommates did when those games were coming out but i always felt we were like buying my own games for Uh, yeah you know like a roommate 360 yeah um 
my step 360. But um, I played Bioshock a little late when its uh, kind of inferior PS3 port came out. But I think yeah. I bought that on day one because it had been so talked about for I think it was almost a couple of years after the Xbox 360 version came out. And I yeah, I actually have Bioshock one and two sitting in my Steam library. So mm-hmm. it's like I've been waiting to play them, but I have a long list of back catalog that I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to play and also keeping up with this game and just new games that or this show and new games that I want to come out or as they come out, I've had a hard time going backwards a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you know, another element that's made these call of duty and battlefield games, a kind of a, the blockbuster that they are is the multiplayer, which is not something that really the call of war is and the half life and things like that. I mean, counter-strike grew from half life, but two totally different worlds. The 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 story in a Call of Duty is mostly to show off the new engine, show off the new graphics and give you a borderline interesting story like they did raise all that uh, ruckus a few years ago with the mass slaughter civilians level. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. Uh but for the most part, I bet you would find I wonder if there's a a way to find the percentage of people who complete the campaign on a on a first per, on the on like the Call of Duty games. I wonder. I know we saw that thing where they were breaking down Steam achievements for games mm-hmm. and that with BioShock Infinite, which is a game that doesn't take very long to play, it was something like less than I'm pulling this number kind of out of the air, but I remember it being something like less than 30% of people who had bought the game had actually completed it, and that's a very short pretty conventional but also really fun, you know, interesting first person shooter. Its campaign is the game. I mean, it's not a uh, it's not a game where people were just dipping into the campaign to check it out and then jump into the multiplayer. It's a game where that is the game yeah. and people barely completed it. I wouldn't be surprised at all if most people, um, uh, probably a big majority of the people who buy the typical Battlefield games play less than all of the uh, of the campaign, maybe even don't try it. Yeah, I, I'd be. I would imagine that it's in the the low percentages, mm-hmm. and that's a real um, shame for me. I don't find competitive first person shooter games on the internet all that interesting. I've played a few. And I, I bought and tried pretty hard to get into Titanfall for a while, and um, yeah, I just got tired of it because mostly I'm tired of getting slaughtered by cyborg teenagers who all apparently know my mother better than I do. Yeah. I don't know. That's never really been my thing. And so it's been kind of sad for me to see the first-person shooter genre, which I love. I love first-person shooters. I loved Half-Life. I love the Bioshock games. I love any game that tries to tell me an interesting story in a first-person perspective. I mean, even Gone Home, you know, I I like that first-person perspective. Um, But I don't really like competitive shooter games. And that's why I was kind of interested in Gunslinger. This is a downloadable game. Uh, it was only ever downloadable. That was the first time that this was done for this series. There were th- there are three previous games in the Call of Juarez series, none of which I've played. Um, the first one was a pretty typical game for the PS2. Um, you know, multiplayer. Excuse me, not multiplayer. It was a single player, um, first person shooter. I don't know almost anything about it. The second one was the one that everybody talks about. Uh, called Bound in Blood, and uh, that game was supposedly really good. Um, had a, a multiplayer that people seemed to like. Uh, it had a very good storyline that people seemed to like. It's still a game that people talk about as being a pretty decent game. And then the third one, 
Um, the third Call of Juarez game, which is called The Cartel, was really widely panned. And this is actually the first time I really paid attention to the Call of Juarez series because I had not really thought about or played either of the previous ones. And I haven't played the third one either. I haven't played uh, The Cartel. But kind of understandably, when your game series is called Call of Juarez... And in 2009, when the game came out, they would have been right in the middle of all the big murders happening in Juarez. And uh, it was kind of understandable that they took the series in a weird new direction. It was no longer an Old West game. It was taking place in the modern West. And you were a federal DEA agent or something like that. You were a corrupt cop trying to take down a Mexican drug cartel. And everything I heard about it was that not only did the game just not work, it was also kind of badly written and even sort of uncomfortable on a uh, on a like a racial angle there were a lot of complaints about it people did not like this game interesting well i'll say you don't move your entire game company to a downloadable only platform if your previous game was a blockbuster you know that that's that to me is an obvious sign of a company trying to find a new way to make their series successful i think they would ideally have released this game as a standalone purchasable like in stores game yeah maybe would would have and it feels quality wise pretty much on par with the types of games that would have been coming out alongside it on discs in 2012 Mm -hmm. which i think is when this came out right 2012 Uh, i think it's 2013 early 2013 oh okay i'm mixing that up no you're right yeah 2013 um but it's a uh it's a pretty solid game it's really well done i think that the graphics look nice you know this wouldn't have this wouldn't seem out of place as a full price uh you know disc based release except maybe that it's a little short and lacks multiplayer yeah and i think that's why the you know i i think i did not purchase it on a sale i bought it for 15 dollars. yeah which is its full original price this game launched for 15 bucks and i think that is a great price it like you said, I think if somebody bought it at full at like maybe the 40 to $60 range that you might buy a new game, there'd probably be some people who, who were disappointed. But uh, there's three different game modes. There's the story, there's arcade, and um, I'm sorry, there's one other one. The duels mode. Duels, yeah. That uh, There's plenty of gameplay despite the overall story being short. And when I completed it, I did not feel like it was short. Yeah, I did not spend a long time on this game, but I did not feel like that was it. You know, I think it took me maybe five hours, five or six. I had some difficulty in some in some areas that we'll talk about when when mm-hmm. we get a little bit further. But uh, maybe in the six hour range, it took me to complete, and I was playing to beat it. There's an element of exploration. It is a tunnel shooter, but they they do allow some exploration in it, uh, mostly looking for some some secrets that are pretty funny actually. Um, there's a there's a reason to find some collectibles beyond just like experience, but I think you could beat it. I bet you could speed I didn't check, but I bet you could speed run this game in like an hour if you were really good. <laughs> yeah, I looked on uh, how long to beat for for typical times, and I think I'm pretty much average at being at about five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you played with a little more leisure and tried to look for a few more of the secrets than I did, you'd probably take maybe six or seven. If you were really rushing, it looked like people who were trying to kind of blitz through the game on how long to beat were able to complete it in as little as about three. 
because there's a lot of there's a lot of content as far as this. It's almost nonstop gunfights, and for mm-hmm. a game that's set in the Wild West, it's that's good. You know, yeah. you, you don't really want anything else. And th- that was one of the things that I really enjoyed the most out of this game. Is I played Red Dead Redemption. That's like the cowboy game, right? Yeah. This one made me feel like a cowboy, probably more than Red Dead Redemption did. Really? Yeah, just the, and maybe just like the first person element of it and like the over, the narration of it and the like no holds barred commitment to cowboy cliches. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so like, Red Dead Redemption is a, is, a, is a fuller, more fleshed out, Wild West experience. But this is everything you want from like, I'm going to be a gun-toting cowboy. Yeah. You know, like, like Red Dead Redemption tried to add like nuance to yeah. it. And, Red and Dead like, Redemption tries to kind of bring in every possible take you could ever have on the Wild West or even the not-so-wild uh, parts of the West. Whereas this game, very laser-focused, is playing on the cliches of like dime store cowboy novels and the spaghetti western. You know, it yeah. is um, uh, stagecoach robberies and uh, train robberies and bank robberies. Uh, it's outlaws versus lawmen. It is very laser focused on that angle on the West. Yeah, I mean, let's let's set up why it's like that real quick because the main thing that drew me into this game was the execution of the story and how silly and how fun it was. Basically, you play as Silas Greaves, which is a great cowboy name. It he, is. <laughs> did you did you see the trailer with the song about Silas Greaves? The song about Silas Unfortunately, Greaves. Unfortunately, well. I don't think it's in the game itself, but they had a it, really great launch trailer. They have some good music in this game. Yeah. But uh, they had a really great launch trailer with like the ballad of Silas Greaves. It I'll is try and in drop the game. it into the show. Wait, you where? You should find it. It's it's at the if you watch all the credits. Oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't listen all the way to the ends of the credits. Yeah, it's at the end. Uh there's a line in it. It's um when there's a drought in justice, bullets make great rain. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> there are men who fear legends, but a man legends fear. He's a four-holstered reaper, crying bullets for tears. When a drought comes in justice, bullets make good rain. When the heartache has dried up, only blood heals a pain. There's a time for grieving and a time to just pray. There's a time for forgiving, but it's not for today. You can hide it's yeah, it's phenomenal. So uh, the kind of game opens up with a an older man kind of coming into a bar to order a drink, and there's three or four people in the bar there. Drinking. Yeah, there's an there's a. Presumably, uh, the lady for you know the the I, I don't like using the word whore, but they always use it in in, uh, in these cowboy types of stuff. movies. Yeah. So you know, there's the there's the saloon whore, there's the uh, there's the young impressionable kid who's uh, fascinated with uh, cowboy types, and then there's old Ben who I think was serving drinks. Was he's he the, the bartender. Bar- yeah, he's the bartender. Yeah, I think that's it. And or is there some other character? There's another one. There's Jake. There's Dwight, there's Molly, and there's Ben. Okay. And Jake is the um, the like kind of older, like the the guy who's read all the dime novels. Dwight is like a kid, 
and um, and Jake is the one who questions everything, which we'll get into here in a minute. So one of the guys recognizes you. I think it's Jake, but it might be the kid. Recognizes you as the Silas Greaves from the Dime novels. And if you remember, you know, in this in real life near the end of the Wild West stuff, these people were the 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 real life outlaws of the time were becoming kind of celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like real life celebrities, and they would go around and do these shows, these like outlaw shows where they'd shoot stuff, and and everybody went and saw them, and it became like bigger than life and crazy stories, tons of embellishment of actually what happened. So they kind of play off of this idea that Silas Greaves is not only a real person, but also there's an entire series of dime novels based around his life, and so they ask him like, did any of these things really happen? And Silas Creed says, well, if you give me a drink, I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on. He has a great cowboy drawl. Which oh, yeah. I won't really try to impersonate here. But I would say if you've played um, Bastion, you've got a good idea of the kind of narration that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, Silas Greaves is talking through the entire game and narrating over all of it. And uh, he's got an awesome voice. Uh, I'd say that's like... Uh, 90% of the charm of this game is the narration. Yeah. Silas Greaves is carries the show. Don't I know you, sir? Don't believe so. I haven't been here in many years. Name's Silas Greaves. Silas Greaves? The bounty hunter? Used to be. Ah, well, what are you doing here in Abilene? Just passing through. Got a little business to take care of. Well, sir... It would be an honor if you would allow me to buy you a beer. Hell, son, it would be my honor to drink it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you play as him, but yeah, you are hearing him constantly. He's As he's talking, the other characters are talking. It's all great voice acting, but he carries it. And so it's the game is broken into, I believe, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's basically Silas telling the story of his involvement in virtually every single famous <laughs> Wild West story. I mean, he is the one who killed everybody at the OK Corral. He is the <laughs> one who killed the Clanton brothers. He killed Frank James. He shot Jesse James. You, <laughs> you name a Wild West story, and he was there. Yeah, And he refutes what actually happened, and you play what he is saying happens. So of course he's giving he's giving what sounds on the face of it for sure like an old man lying his ass off and bragging. Um but then of course everything he narrates you have to actually enact no matter how ludicrous or over the top or um you know hero worship sounding you have to do all of it. Um, which is great because it sets you up for these incredibly heightened uh over the top old west shootouts that defy belief gives you permission to play out these scenarios without without kind of saying uh this i don't buy any of this this is too over the top of course <laughs> it's over the top because what you're in at what you're playing through isn't what happened it's what silas greaves remembers 
Yeah, and like the first one is you meeting up with uh, Billy the Kid and fighting off like a massive posse of lawmen who are coming after to fight, you know, to capture Billy. And you are just holed up in this house. Billy the Kid's got a rifle. You've got uh, either your six shooter or your rifle, and you're both just leaning out a window, killing waves after waves of, of deputies, and and they are all shouting the silliest things, like um, like. Some of the some of the reactions from the from the stuff that you'd shoot were some of my favorite things. Like they he shot Bill, or like <laughs> I I can't believe we keep missing him. Like very very self aware stuff. And one of the uh, there's a gameplay mechanic called uh, I think it's Last Chance or Last Breath. Yeah, Last Breath. Last Breath. It has a recharge, so you can't do it all the time. But it, if a a bullet is going to be the kill shot for you. The whole thing stops. It goes into a bullet time, and you basically have to dodge left or dodge right. And if you dodge it, and it's a quick response, like it's you learn the mechanic, but I guessed wrong all the way through the end of the game. I I mean, I was most of the time right because I got good at it. Particularly but, if you have to dodge a shotgun blast. I mean, yeah, how do you do that? Yeah. It doesn't become a cheap mode. Like it still is kind of tricky. Um, especially if they're shooting at you from a weird angle, it's hard to tell which way the bullets come coming from, but, uh, it actually allows you to dodge bullets and then someone will be like, did he really do that? Or (laughs) I think he just dodged it. And it adds just another level of this like immortal cowboy just, and you, you can dual wield handguns and you take a lot of fire. You can die. And he'll normally say something witty about like, I should have tried a different different road or something like that but uh it just adds to this whole like mythos of like an unstoppable cowboy and it's a ton of fun yeah and it is really silly but yeah it's also it's also you can take it a little seriously i think it really does a great job of of riding the line between silly over the topness and uh you know actual action that feels deadly serious in the moment yeah it's because it's not easy and yeah. and i think that that was something that took me a while to get into because you actually do have to play it like a first-person shooter. You can't just, while you have these abilities where you're kind of um, over-the-top strong, you can't just run into a room guns blazing. Yeah, You really have to kind of learn the enemies, where they're coming from, and apply actual first-person shooter tactics. Yeah, Silas I is mean, actually, he has he can deal out an enormous amount of damage, but he actually can't take much. Uh, you mm-hmm. really have to be quite careful about not getting shot too often um, and you have to use cover intelligently and uh, you have to try and stay out of the line of fire you have to figure out where people are sniping at you from and and duck away um, Silas is a really ludicrous over-the-top gunslinger but he's not a um, he's not a bullet sponge right and also I, I I have to assume that this was on purpose to some degree but the guns are not as clean of a shot as you would hope that they would be. I, like, they don't have crazy range, and so you really have to line up your shots, and you really almost have to take your time and make sure you're making a good shot because you can miss a lot. And I, and I have to imagine that that was either... I don't think I was just bad at it because I would feel like I had a great shot lined up and it looked like the bullet would just kind of spray a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because it's weapons from the late 1800s and they're just like kind of shitty guns. Yeah. You know, actually that made me 
think about why are there so few games about the Wild West, whereas there's a zillion shooters about, um, you know, the contemporary military or science fiction shooters um, and even even some other kind of genres and eras. But there's I mean, how many games about the Old West have you played? I've played this one. I played Red Dead Redemption, and I think that's about it. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I don't know. I think part of it is first-person shooters. You want to look tactical, you know. Yeah, you want to have yeah. you want to have all the uh, the heavy-powered machine guns and and things like that. Yeah, I don't and know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to suspend your disbelief that you know for gameplay reasons you have to have characters that are able to take a few shots and keep on running. And it's much easier to do that when your character is wearing a cyber suit with right. uh, you know bullet absorption pads whereas <laughs> if you're you know an old guy in a duster and everybody's got six shooters you're shooting less often and you're absorbing you know you can't get shot too much or you will immediately die and even the even the little amount of damage that Silas can take is obviously heightened because yeah. i mean you know if well, he took like one shot anywhere in his body he would be down but here he's able to take a couple it's uh, it's it's odd. I don't know. I, I feel like it's such fertile ground for video games. The Old West is exciting for me, at least. Yeah, you'd think there would be at least more like first person RPG style. Yeah. Old West games. Like, I think that would probably be a really cool game. Man, why hasn't there why hasn't Bethesda done a Old West game in the style of Fallout? Well, actually, yeah, I'm glad you just... Because I meant to bring that up earlier. One of the games we did leave off of our list of of great first-person shooters. Fallout is a phenomenal first-person shooter. That's true, but it has those RPG elements that really change mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. I Pretty much, when speaking about Bethesda, you can name anything and be like, man, why hasn't Bethesda made a beautiful Irish tale? Like, <laughs> They are so good that you could be like, I really wish Bethesda would make a aquatic adventure where you play as a fish. And it's like, that would probably be a great game. Bethesda, Bethesda makes Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, they make great games. They so. do indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it may come down to uh, suspending disbelief, why we don't see more and better um uh, Western games. Um, yeah. But I think also it may come down to just that it's hard to make a believable Old West as a setting, too. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's, you have to, it was, they really stretched to put you into a linear corridor in a game about the Old West because, you know, he, we had to play through, we had to fight our way through trains, through small towns with burning walls falling down. You know, they they had to do a lot of set piece juggling in this game to make sure that you stayed on the path. Um, you know, they, they couldn't allow you out the gate and onto a horse and into the Old West because they weren't going to be able to make that game. You know, Rockstar can make that game with mm-hmm. uh, Red Dead Redemption. They can build an enormous Old West for you to explore and let you loosen it. But most games can't do that. So I think it's 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 easy to build a space station with a bunch of little corridors that you shoot people in. Yeah. It's harder to build an Old West town that way. Yeah, you know, you just made me think the one cowboy trope that really wasn't in this game was horses. Yeah, there was not a single horse in it. Yeah. That's it. Well, no, there were some horses tied up, but only a few in yeah. a couple camps. You never ride a horse and shoot somebody. No, and I can tell you for a fact that you could not shoot the horses dead. I tried to shoot the horse. You could shoot the chickens. Yes. And you got five experience points for shooting the chickens. <laughs> if you do enough of it, uh, 
he says some things like things about uh, <laughs> making a chicken dinner or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so almost every episode or chapter, I, I, they refer to them as episodes, end in you confronting and most of the time killing a famous Wild West character. And they do it in a really perfect cowboy video game way. You get to do a duel. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the duels? I, I thought that I would dislike them, and by the end of the game, I was kind of into them. Uh, I usually don't like these these elements where, you know, oh, we've reached a certain point in the game, and now the entire gameplay is going to change. You're no longer being tested against the skills that you've been developing through the whole level. You're now playing a, a mini game, and essentially that's what these are. The duels are a sort of a dueling mini game. Um, but it's it, it's fun to play. Um, you've yeah. got, uh, if you're on a gamepad, you're with the left stick, you're positioning Silas's hand so that it's close to your gun and with the right stick you're aiming your gun you're kind of focusing in and making sure that Silas's focus stays dead center on the person he's about to shoot and you have to watch that person to see when they reach for their gun and as soon as they reach for their gun you have to fire off a shot and uh, whether your shot is faster than theirs depends on how well you've managed to keep Silas focused on the person and keep his hand close to his gun because it wants to tend to drift away. Yeah. And uh, if you wait until they, they kind of draw first, if you will, it is marked an honorable kill. And if you wait until, and you can actually jump, you can pull your gun first. There's a heartbeat that starts going. And once you hear that, you can actually draw first and it's marked as a dishonorable kill. And there's no, as far as I can tell, there's no real difference. I think maybe you get more experience points for doing an honorable kill over a dishonorable kill, mm -hmm. but it just kind of falls on the, like, how do you want to play Silas? Do you want to be an honorable guy or not? And it's harder to do an honorable kill. Yeah. So what I tended to do, cause the duels can be hard. You know, you're fighting like Johnny Ringo, one of the fastest guns in the, you know, in the West and, I would pretty much try really, really hard to do an honorable kill over and over. And it's like, <laughs> all right, I can't, I can't get this guy. I would do a dishonorable kill. You yellow belly <laughs> bastard. I think it's I did a honorable kills on all of them. I was playing with a mouse and keyboard and I think that it's a little bit easier to do. Um, I was actually too playing on a mouse and keyboard. Oh really? Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just think that I was I was slow at it. But they do some they they kind of expand on it a little bit. There's a Mexican standoff at some, at one point, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Where you're dueling with two people at once, essentially. Yeah. Well, there's actually a, a duel where you have to fight two people at the same time. And then, you know, the, the Mexican standoff is where you have three people and they're all pointing their guns at each other. And so you have to kind of shoot the one that's not looking at you or shoot the one that's looking at you and then whip over and shoot the one that's not looking at you. Uh, which was a little tricky. That was uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Who, of course, you know, come back from South America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Great they story. were not killed. Uh, you know, everyone knew they were killed by the Bolivian army. And in fact, that's not true. Silas Greaves killed both of them at the same time. <laughs> uh, we, I guess we should say real quick, you know, we normally do like a spoiler break. And we, we're going to kind of do one for one element of the game. But for the most part, this is an old cowboy man getting in old cowboy fights with uh, with other old famous, cowboys with yeah. other old cowboys. And the the story, while it's the it's what made this game to me so much fun. I don't really feel like I feel like I could tell you every single element of this game and it would be just as fun. Yeah. 
yeah, this game has a fun storytelling style and actually not that great of a story, which is kind of a weird thing to say. It's a fun story to experience because of the way the narration works and because of the kind of uh, uh, unreliable narrator and the humor of it. But actually, the story itself is kind of, yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not the big draw here. The big draw is the character, Silas Greaves, mm-hmm. and the fun of its sort of, the fun of its sort of, arcadey style shooting elements. Yeah. You know, the, the driving, the the drive behind the whole story is Silas Greaves is trying to avenge the death of his brother, his brothers, and kill a man named Bob Bryant. And in his pursuit of Bob Bryant, he t- essentially hunts down and kills every single famous Wild West person. And, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's the story. That's what motivates him He's basically, he'll find Jesse James to ask him about Bob Bryant, and then he shoots Jesse James. And then he finds Frank James to ask him about Bob Bryant. And so that's how he ends up with all of these people. Um, But that doesn't really matter. You know, like you care about Silas Greaves, but you're playing it for the, like the combat's fun, you know, And, and it's funny. One of the things that we haven't really talked about yet is how... You just kind of mentioned it, the unreliable narrator. This is something I never really experienced in a video game before. The people have done it on TV shows where a character imagines what's about to happen. It kind of happens, and they think, well, it's a good thing I didn't try that. Uh, Scrubs did it a lot. Um, the show Psych does it sometimes. And they do it in this game where, you know, my favorite one is Silas is walking up and he knows he has to go into this mine to kill whatever famous cowboy he has to kill. He knows he has to go into a mine. So he walks up and he's like, well, the easiest way would be to go into the front door. So you plow your way through the front door, kill a ton of cowboys. It resulted in you blowing up almost the entire mine. You have to run up a, a <laughs> mine. You have to run up a mine shaft as flames are blowing up behind you. Just straight up action movie. You dive out of the, out of the mine in midair, you get to shoot three cowboys and like three bad guys in the head, and then you land in the water, and a mine cart comes out and kills you. And then it goes and it like zooms back. And he goes, Well, it's a good thing I didn't try that. And he's like, I should go in through the back way. And so, there's no other game where they that I've played at least where they give you this option to play a totally non-factor like something that doesn't actually happen but you get to play it and it was a ton of fun i mean it kind of hammers home in those moments that probably this whole thing you're playing out things that didn't actually happen because you know silas is is telling tall tales and making himself sound really really important um so it just sort of and it sometimes happens when folks sort of seem to kind of catch him in a lie you know he'll describe killing someone and then one of the other characters also in narration will say but he was still alive six years later and silas will say something like did i say he died when i shot him no and then things will change just a little bit and sometimes even whole set pieces will spring into existence buildings will pop out of the ground or new walls will drop down from the sky to kind of shape the world to match silas's tall tale yeah, uh, one of my favorite ones like that is he he's trying to track down some bandits, a, a gang of bandits, and he he you hear gunshots, and he's like and he's like that's when I stumbled upon them robbing a stagecoach, and you come across this stagecoach that's in 
basically a giant canyon or not even a canyon because it's it's got three total walls you know you go like down into it where there's no escape and it's just a stagecoach down there and it's like why would a stagecoach it's not even a road it's just like a totally enclosed encampment is down there and you kill him and he's like and that's when i'm attacked by a bunch of apaches because actually native americans play a pretty big role in this game too and up on the hill above you you just get surrounded by apaches with rifles and you have to kill all these apaches and then the the one of the people that he's talking to is like, wait, I thought you said they were bandits. And after you've killed all these Apaches, he goes, no, I said they attacked me Apache style. And <laughs> you have to do the whole thing again. Only now they're all bandits instead of, and it's like almost identical. The, the guys all go to the same place and it's bandits now. And it, so it gave the developers, gave the, the, gave the game the ability to basically do whatever they wanted without having to worry about like a seamless story. You could play out so many different ways for the story to go. And after you kill the Indians or the bandits, he goes, and I thought I was totally done for nowhere for me to go until I noticed an escape route. And like the whole thing morphs into a cave. It's like, I don't know how I didn't see it at first. And you run through the cave it's it's really cool. The the visuals look great when these things are springing in or forming or coming out of nowhere. It looks great. Mm -hmm. You really do feel sort of like you're playing through a kind of a tall tale. Uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about the actual mechanics of the sort of arcade style shooting. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, we already talked a little bit about the last breath thing that it does, where if you're about to die, it gives you a kind of a saving throw by letting you try to do a quick time event to dodge a bullet. But there's also a really neat little, um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's a mode where uh, you can... Concentration. Yes, thank you. There's a concentration mode, which is kind of like what we've seen in other games where you get a bullet time. You know, you, you, it does a, a, puts everything into slow motion and you can kill people, you know, better i don't know well yeah they all go into slow motion but you're in real time still uh -huh. and it, it puts the entire world basically gray and the bad guys bright red yeah so it becomes really really easy to see everybody and to kill everybody mm -hmm. which gives you that great moment of like old west gunslinger who whips out his gun and shoots six people dead within a second you kind of get those moments out of that mechanic and it really kind of it helps a lot in those difficult difficult spots, but it, because it's something that takes a long time to recharge, um, it still doesn't kind of make anything easy. Yeah, I was actually expecting it to be way more a part of the game than it actually was. When, when they first kind of show you concentration, I thought it was going to be almost like a max pain element mm -hmm. where I was going to be re almost relying on this and that was going to be how I killed things. But in reality you don't use it as much as you really think you will. Like you almost, I found myself saving it as much as I could for particularly difficult situations mm -hmm. rather than just being like, go into concentration as much as I can. Right. And you build up that concentration by executing combos. And this is what feels the most sort of like arcadey about it. When you shoot somebody, little numbers pop up above them, did, you know, indicating how many points you just got for shooting that person. And you get more points if you shoot people in combos. And you get combos by shooting people with the first shot. Um, so if I 
shoot you and kill you dead, and then I shoot another person and kill them dead, and then another person and kill them dead, my combo's racking up and up and up. If I only hit somebody with one in three shots, then my combos aren't aren't worth anything. Um, so the the better you do, as far as you know, one shot, one kill, the more points you're getting, and the better concentration you get. Yeah, and also those points are a direct representation of how much experience you're getting. And in standard RPG style, you level up. Yeah, there's some skill as, trees. Yeah, as you level up, you can put points into either a kind of dual-wielding, handgun-focused guy. You can go into a range-focused guy, like a rifle focus. And then you can go into kind of a close combat focus. Mm-hmm. Which one did you do? Um, I think that the most useful stuff was all in the ranged, because mm-hmm. Silas is such a... Uh, um, is the glass, is glass cannon the right word for that? Cause he's, he's weak, but also does a lot of damage. Yeah, I think so. I, I did. Yeah. I found myself staying back as much as possible and primarily relying on my rifle. Yeah. I will say the quick shooter handgun was a ton of fun though. And it, basically little handgun shoots six sh- shots real fast. And when you reload it, he whips it forward and basically throws six bullets into the chamber. Like <laughs> from like six inches away, he th- like perfectly throws six bullets into the chamber and it's awesome. <laughs> that is a great animation. I do want to say there was a there were a couple things that and I and I, mo- I want to know what you thought about it because there were a couple things that I, I had like a minor issue with this game and mostly it was on like the visual side I did find it very hard to see the enemies a lot mm-hmm. and I don't know if I don't know really what could have been done to to make that better but and maybe it was entirely intentional but there were a lot of times where I was just running around just looking for where the bad guys were and I found it difficult and it made some of the made some of the areas a little challenging not on a like gameplay like oh i can't shoot these guys before they shoot me but i just can't find them there's no (laughs) radar or anything and i think it's like the color schemes like they like the bad guys blended a little too much yeah everybody has a very kind of earth tones um you know old westy color scheme and they do sort of blend into the foliage Another thing about this, I think that comes down to the graphic style, which I generally liked, um, and it looks really good for you know a fifteen dollar downloadable title. Like it, it looks like a looks like a triple A game from two thousand and well, looks to me like a triple A game from two thousand and twelve, but it actually came out in twenty thirteen. Um, but it looks pretty good. A couple things that did put me off about it: the character models all had this style that reminded me a bit of Borderlands or some of the other games that have this kind of, um, it's not actual cell shading, but it's that kind of cartoonish look to the textures. Um, yeah, it's like what I thought Walking Dead. Yeah. The Walking Dead game I thought was cell shaded, but it's not technically, but it's that similar. Yeah, like that style. lines, like the thick mm-hmm. black lines on the edges of everything. So a lot of the characters look like that, but the environments look like they're trying to be a little more on the realistic side. Um, and also, just on a graphics level, it didn't have any anti-aliasing on the environments. Um, 
And I, that's not something that I could optionally turn on as far as I could tell either. So you get this real, like, if you look closely, I, I was playing on a 24-inch uh, 1080p monitor, and things like the edges of trees, the edges of blades of grass, really had this kind of jaggy look, very pixely. You had to look closely to see it, and most of the time it didn't bother me at all. But I actually think it made it harder to see people when they were near environmental details like plants. Um, because if you're look, looking for a person who's standing behind a tree and you're trying to see them through the leaves, it was almost impossible to see them. Um, it just really made it hard to spot. So graphics-wise, it looks good. I'd say most of the time, if you look at a screenshot of this game, it's going to look pretty good. But in motion, sometimes it was a little challenging. Yeah, and I think you're, that probably is where the problem came from for me because there would be times where I'm just running, some something is shooting me, and like you've you know been talking about, you can't take a lot of bullets before you die, um, and I'm just running around looking for them, and it goes into that last breath mode where a bullet will just whiz through the trees. <laughs> from at, nowhere. From, yeah, seemingly nowhere, and then you can't see it till the last moment, so trying to dodge it is particularly difficult. And then I'm just dead, and you start the whole little you know, combat again. Now, the concentration stuff did help in that situation because, again, <laughs> it grays out everything and makes the bad guys red. But And I, there's very frequent checkpoints, so mm-hmm. none of this ever really set you back to the point where it was frustrating. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like Overall, I really, really enjoyed this game, but that was my biggest gripe. I ran into several, several zones where I was not having fun fighting guys. I was frustratingly trying to locate where the bullets were coming from. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think that's what they were looking for with this game. I think you should be aware of where all the bad guys are, but the hard part is getting the shots off in time, not just running in a circle looking for the bad guys. And um, there was also a couple things. One of the bosses, I forget which one, it was one of the Clanton brothers, ran at me, ran into a box and just kept running into the box. And I was able to just shit the, sit there and, sh- <laughs> and shoot him 10 times yeah, until he was dead. Pathfinding. Uh, yeah, that was a little silly. And then one thing happened near the end. There's actually a really cool battle uh, with ghosts. And you, uh, I killed everything and it didn't move forward. I could, like, I had to actually restart from a previous checkpoint. Oh, that's too bad. And, yeah, it was. I mean, it, like you said, the checkpoints are, are are often, so it wasn't weird, or wasn't a huge time sink. What the huge time sink was was me running around in circles for f- five minutes, like trying to figure out what it is that I missed before finally just having to resume from the last checkpoint. And I don't know what I did wrong because I killed everything exactly <laughs> the same way, and it triggered the next zone. So. I didn't run into any of those bugs, not the pathfinding bugs and certainly not a not a game breaking, you know, set you back to a previous save bug like that. I actually would say that as far as download, I mean first off, there's not a lot of other games in the genre of small um, you know, bite-sized downloadable first-person shooters. I mean, I can think of this and Far Cry Blood Dragon and and that's it. That's all I can think yeah. of in this kind of like from a big publisher, but mini game kind of thing. There's a Steam bundle for Call of War as in Blood Dragon. Hey, that's neat. Um, I actually am definitely going to check out Blood Dragon um, because I kind of really liked this size for a first-person shooter. Um, I think it's a short little bunch of content that you can... I mean, it's it's what we look for. It's, it's small. It's maybe not revolutionary in, in its 
you know, gameplay or storytelling or anything, but it's a pretty good game. It tries some things that maybe other games haven't, like the way that it does the narrator. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's something that a company can risk making and risk releasing for 15 bucks on Steam and on Xbox Live Arcade and that kind of thing um, without it being a huge deal. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun evening. It's a fun couple of days or it took me, uh, took me two or three days of, of playing every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I saved the little um, those little gripes there for the end. Mostly just that was my experience, but because I wanted to really hammer home how much fun I had playing this. game. Yeah, it's a small but really fun game. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's not revolutionary, but I've never played. I have not played a game with that type of narration that allows you the the story to go in any which way that it wants where you know there's another one where he's like bullets were whizzing by my head and then all of a sudden a bunch of bullets go whizzing by your head and just like little things like that i was laughing the entire time i was playing it's stupid comedy you know it's not like a it's not a deep game but i was laughing the whole time uh the combat was fun i i really really enjoyed it especially for the 15 dollar price tag i there have been first person shooter like i had more fun on this this first person shooter campaign than like any of the battlefield or call of duty campaigns that the combined well those take themselves so seriously yeah yeah exactly and i love that about this game and when i said that this is the most cowboy i've ever felt i mean it like there's that was it was so much fun to just shoot jesse james and 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 run down a like they do the train robbery thing several times and it's fun to run down a train yeah and shoot it like you're running you're running and hopping train cars while guys are popping out and shooting you and you're shooting guys off trains and it's fun yeah in in a way i mean they're very different games in a lot of ways but it it made me feel as much of a cowboy as the uncharted games make me feel like a indiana jones type guy Mm -hmm. Um, or the Mass Effect games make me feel like a uh, like starship captain. You know, it, it really has mm-hmm. a cowboy feel, and yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend this game. So, where can people find this game? Well, I played it on Steam. You know, we've we've been talking about downloadable. It's you know, I played it through Steam. It's on PC only, um, and then PS3 and Xbox 360? Yep, correct? that's right. And uh, on all three of those platforms, the price is the same. It's 15 bucks, which, I mean, I think in some ways, just from an industry standpoint, the most interesting thing about this game was that a big company like Ubisoft um, decided to publish a game for 15 bucks on down, you know, as a downloadable title that... I mean, this has the feel of a triple A game. It, it, if it were done just a little differently with a slightly longer campaign, maybe, and uh, and add a multiplayer uh, element, this would have been a pretty typical uh, release for them. But they tried to take this different route with it, releasing it digital only and with this like um, smaller price tag. Um, probably meant that, and you know, a shorter game probably meant that they could take a few more risks with it. And I think it's cool. Yeah, it had a huge team, too, though. If you watch the credits, a lot of people were involved in making this game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a weird... I think it must have been a reaction to how poorly received the last game in this series was. Yeah. Uh, They must have just thought, you know, maybe people now won't spend 60 bucks on a Call of Juarez game after we kind of 
screwed up the last one. Yeah. Um, maybe if we put it out for this low price, um, it will just remind people what they like about cowboy games. And it did. Yeah. And this game was very well regarded. It's got like uh, it's got like a 79 on Metacritic, which is really pretty good for a game like this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a 79 is like Metacritic ratings, I think, sometimes skew low because you end up with, uh, you know, I, I, the, the thing that I think is frustrating about scores like Metacritic is that uh, controversial games or games where there's a there's a lot of people that like it and a lot of people you know, games divisive games games where some people love it and some people hate it often end up kind of looking average because they just take these high scores and these low scores and average them together um mm-hmm. this is a game so I, in some ways i think 79 is a pretty darn good score and um yeah. i'd say like some trusted places that i look to for reviews like polygon gave this nine out of ten i'd say i'd give this like an 8.5 if i were a score given type. Um, it's a pretty solid game and a great game for 15 bucks. If you missed this when it first came out, and I know I did because I wasn't on the lookout for uh, Call of Juarez game after. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, this is like the perfect, the short game first person shooter recommendation. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Um, what have we got on the horizon right now? Well, you know, I know we've got the, the Christmas spirit is within us all, so we're really considering playing um, Amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a jolly experience. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's one we've been talking about for a while. We'll see if we, you know, do that next mm-hmm. or not. Uh, we've got a uh, an episode that's been in the works for quite a while where we're going to talk about um, interactive fiction and text-based games. If you heard our episode on A Dark Room, that playing that game kind of revived some dead things within us and we are now uh, we're now playing through a bunch of text-based games we're not sure how that episode is going to be structured exactly but we're probably going to be bringing back laura for that one and uh, talking about some of the text-based games that we've played over the years and the current scene for interactive fiction which is a surprisingly vibrant little scene um, and we've also, I've just been playing Gunpoint at the recommendation of a listener, um, and it's a pretty darn cool game. So that's another one that's on our horizon. If you have any games that you'd like to recommend we check out, uh, we take those recommendations very seriously. If you know a short game you think we ought to play, throw it our way. Yeah, I know I've just purchased uh, through the Steam Exploration uh, sale a game called To the Moon, which you and I had discussed, which I'm pretty excited of. I'm oh, pretty yeah. excited to play that yeah, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check that out too. So keep an eye on our feed and we'll be giving you new stuff all throughout the next year. Um, where can people find you, Nate? Well, you can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. All right. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Reagan K. I spell that R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode. We'll be linking to anything we talked about uh, as much as possible uh, there. So our, our website's www.theshortgame.net. And of course, you can follow our show on Twitter at underscore short game. So join us again soon and keep an eye on your feed for another episode of The Short Game.
There are men who fear legends, but a man legends fear. He's a four-hosted reaper, crying bullets for tears. When a drought comes in justice, bullets make good rain. When the heartache has dried up, only blood heals the pain. There's a time for grieving, and a time to just pray. There's a time for forgiving, but it's not for today. You can hide sins from the gavel, you can drown them in rum. When Silas Grease finds you, there's nowhere to run. And time goes too slowly for the gunslinger's eye. Till he's buried his promise, there's no time to cry. There's a time for grieving, and a time to just pray. There's a time for forgiving, but it's not for today. There's a time for grieving, and a time to just pray. When Silas Grease finds you, it's a time you must pay. That's the time you must pay.